from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School Sirius XM Channel 132. Hey, if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are taking your calls live right now at 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for Executives Program here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter, and we have dream team in studio. Michelle and Dan taking your calls all hour long at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. And hey, today we welcome back Dan Schaubel, a New York Times bestselling author, partner, and research director at Future Workplace and the founding of Millennial Branding and WorkplaceTrends.com. His third book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation, came out this week, and we're very excited to have Dan on the show to talk about his new book. Welcome, Dan, and congratulations on Back to Human. Tell us a little bit about what your inspiration for writing this book was. Thanks. I appreciate that, Don, and happy to be back on your show. My inspiration is twofold. One is every book I write helps people get to the next phase of their career. So Me 2.0 was call it your first job, promote yourself as first job to management, and Back to Human is a leadership book because half of the people my age have a management title and above and feel very isolated and lonely in the workplace. And the second thing is I was interviewed for a documentary two years ago called The Revolution Generation, a portrait of my generation, and I was asked about the biggest challenges. So I said, student loan debt crisis of now $1.53 trillion. Uh, I said global warming and and world war, climate change, uh, and then I thought for a second, I'm like, oh my God, we all feel isolated. We're always using all these technology devices. How about writing a book where uh, that helps people become more human in an age in which technology is running more and more of our lives? So I was reading the the introduction for the book, and I, I kind of got hooked because you have all of these incredible statistics in there that, that really make you think about how addicted we've become to technology. I mean, one that just jumped out was we tap our phones 2,600 times a day. Is that true? Yeah, and we look at our phones every 12 minutes. In a business meeting, we text an average of five times. So we're constantly using these devices and and choosing to look at a screen over an actual person. And while technology can be good, right, you can text someone and remind them to go to a meeting, and that's a good way of using the technology or to schedule a meeting in general. But when you're physically in a meeting or you're trying to handle an office conflict, it's much better to be present and establish more human connections because that shows respect, and it's a good way to get to know the people you're working with. And if you have friends, especially best friends and good connections in the workplace, you'll be more productive and happy as a result. So you you wrote in in here that um, there's research that people would rather break a bone than break their phone. I know. It's crazy. It's about half of adults say they would rather break a bone than their phone. And it reminds me of the story when I was in uh, Peru, my friend left his cell phone in the cab. And so I had to take pictures the whole time. And when I looked at his face, you know, it looked like he was mourning a loved one because he didn't have his phone. It's so personal. We rely on it for everything now. So when we don't have it, it affects us. It's, it's really the addiction of technology. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132, powered by the Wharton School. And we are here with Dan Schaubel, the New York Times bestselling author of three books. His newest, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation, just came out this week. And we are talking all about that and, and specifically how technology relates to, to relationships, but also your career and hiring and, and all of the topics that you love on Career Talk. So we'd love to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If you've got a question on technology and how you can use it to enhance your success or maybe how it's getting in the way of your success, we would love to hear from you, 844-942-7866. So I want to touch on this topic of addiction, Dan, because I, after reading your book, I, I did some exploration on this. And, and there's actually a test 
for cell phone addiction called the smartphone compulsion test, which I felt compelled to take because I thought, nah, 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 I'm not, I'm not addicted to my cell phone. Well, it's basically if you get five yeses out of the 15 questions, it, it says you may have a problem. So I, by number five, I had five yeses. So I just decided to stop taking the test. And you're not alone, too. I'm sure a lot of people get low scores there. The, the point of that test and, you know, even the cover of the book is a reminder that we're all human, that we are overusing or misusing this technology and that we have to be smarter with how, when and where we use it. Because in the book, I interviewed 100 top young leaders and they said that technology is a double-edged sword, right? And so we really have to just be smarter about how we're using it when we're using it and why we're using it. And when we do that and deliberately, it is going to bring more meeting and happiness into our lives and allow us to be more functional. Yeah. And what I think, you know, is important about you, you publishing a book like this, and I think it's important about you know, talking about this is, you know, my first thought is, you know, I'm not addicted to technology. This is not getting my way. I mean, some of these questions where do you find yourself mindlessly passing time on, on your phone? Do you wish you were more productive? Would you be more productive without your phone? You know, do you get upset like you were talking about your friend on, on your trip when you when you are separated from your phone and you think, wow, you know, yeah, I am. And what is that about? And then you start to learn more about the fact that social media apps are actually designed to hook you. This is what their purpose is. You know, addiction, addiction, and attention is their business model. So Google, Apple, you know, Microsoft, all the big tech companies, they build addiction into the creation of their products and apps. And the more we use it, the more we get addicted to it. And every time we get hear a ding or get an alert, it releases dopamine, pleases our reward system. We want more and more. We live in a world of instant gratification. And as a result, it's uh, made us less productive. Technology has created the illusion of connection, yet sometimes it makes us feel less productive and becomes counterproductive. And we think we have a ton of friends, but these Facebook friends, we might have, we might have, we might have met once in our life and we'll never talk to again. But I think that's what your book is is striving to point out is the fact that this has happened so quickly and so seamlessly that I think most of us aren't even recognizing how our productivity has changed or how our social relationships changed. We're feeling the results of that. We're feeling overwhelmed, overscheduled, um, lonely and all of these different symptoms. But but I feel like there's been a miss in the fact that we, we've missed connecting it to technology. And I think that's what your book is trying to to help people understand. Yeah, so there's five things that are consistent in our world. You're born, you die, you pay taxes, there's 24 hours in a day, and then Maslow's hierarchy of needs. After safety, safety, shelter, food, uh, water, and uh, we need love and friendships, otherwise we'll never be self-actualized. We can never perform at our very best if we're so worried about being disconnected from society, feeling lonely and isolated in our jobs and even at home. Because if we have a tough, bad work day, that's going to impact our personal life. And if we have a you know, rough time with our spouse or child, that's going to impact our work. So uh, everything is connected now. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk Series XM, Channel 132. We've got Michelle and Dion in studio. Dream team taking your calls at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Dan Schaubel, New York Times bestselling author, and his new book is Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. Hey, if you have a question on this, we'd love to hear from you, 844-942-7866. But i got to ask you, Michelle and Dion, are, are you, based on some of the questions that I asked are, are you addicted to your cell phones I am a hundred percent I knew that about you <laughs> yeah I know you did I mean I'm kind of addicted but I can I can I can still put it down like if, if, if I'm in a room usually and everybody's on their phone I'll put mine down just because it feels weird like it feels weird to me for for everybody in this one room to all be looking somewhere else. So I'll just put mine down. So so one of the questions on this this compulsion test is do you is it a a setting on your table? So when you go out to eat or when you're at home eating is the phone on the table? It depends on if I'm eating with with somebody else. If I'm if I'm home by myself eating, then it'll probably be there. If I'm with somebody else, then no. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess also depends on who I'm with. I think there are some people that I'm with that I have my phone on the table. 
just depends on who. <laughs> They're I, just boring people. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, if you go out with Michelle and she has her phone on the table, she considers you boring. Um, <laughs> one of the things we had talked about, and Dan, I'd love for you to weigh on this because um, I think you identify as a millennial. I identify as a Gen Xer. And Michelle and I had a conversation where, when we're in a meeting and Michelle's taking notes on her phone. And that drives me crazy because I'm like, Michelle, who are you texting? Why are you taking notes? Yeah. And, and, and you could even be seeing seeing me writing the notes and it still bothers you. Yeah. And and so I think it was such an interesting conversation because it starts to get at the generational perspectives of this. So so Dan, what would you say about, you know, different generations in the workplace and technology and and how they need to better understand each other? Well, for the meeting aspect, I think people need to be present during a meeting and not look at technology because then what's the purpose of being in that meeting and everyone complains about how dysfunctional meetings are why is this meeting taking an hour long well it's because people have to repeat what they're saying people aren't paying attention and i think we can have shorter more efficient meetings if people are actually there and are attentive and it's just just trying to sign up showing respect now what's really interesting about generations is one I'm very nervous about teenagers. Teenagers are the first generation ever that would rather text than have an in-person conversation. So millennials, Gen Xers, boomers, everyone, we choose in-person conversations over using technology, even if we might behave differently at some points. Uh, What was really interesting, a study by Cigna of 20,000 adults found that young people are lonelier than senior citizens. So why is this happening? Partially because... More people are living at home, fewer driver's licenses issued, and a lot of that has to do with technology. Technology has powered a lot of that behavior, right? Like, why, why should I go somewhere where I can just text, uh, you know? And so I think that, and then car sharing and all that has been factors too. But, yeah, I think people are more isolated, and it's, it's really created a whole, whole loneliness epidemic, and it's affecting people globally too. Uh, you know, in the U.S., half of Americans are lonely, 40% lack meaningful relationships. In the U.K., 9 million people are lonely, 200,000 people uh, haven't seen it uh, or spoken to a close friend or relative in the past month, 30,000 people die a year in Japan. So it's a big problem that's happening in the workplace and it's just happening overall in our society, and that's why it's now more important than ever to use technology as a bridge to human interaction, not let it become a barrier. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. We are talking all about technology. And hey, if you are in a company or you work with others of different generations and there's something you wish they understood about you and how you use technology or just how you show up in the workplace, we would love to hear from you on Career Talk. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. And our guest today is Dan Shawbell, New York Times bestselling author of Back to Human, his newest book, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. So here's here's something that blew my mind as I was researching this show. Um, I There was a, a company, Ideal.com, that said by 2020, more converse, there will be more conversations with chatbots than with our spouse. Like, I mean, for the average person, this to me blows my mind. I mean, I don't know if this is true, but I would love to get your your reaction to this, Dan. Yeah, it's, I actually have not seen that stat, which is surprising because I'm a stat hound, as you can see through the book with 220 citations. Uh, so I think we're just incrementally adjusting to new technology out of convenience and out of just mo- the modernization of our society, right? Like. People want to work at companies that are more innovative. And I think I think actually an interesting use, use case is chatbots for people who lose a, a loved one. And even though they're not there with you, you can kind of, you know, through machine learning, it almost feels like they are. So that's pretty interesting. That could be a good thing, but also very scary at the same time. Right? But, yeah. so the, more, the more we rely on, on these devices and on chatbots, the less time we're spending with people and the more it creates this illusion that we have good relationships when they could be weak ties or just no ties at all because they're no longer living. And I think that's an important distinction because I think your book is not about, hey, you know, get rid of technology. We all have to go live in the forest and, and hunt and gather again. I think what your point is, is that there are, there are very useful ways to engage technology, but if we use it as as our 
one and all, then this is when we start to disconnect and lose touch with that human side of it. So I, I want to make sure we address that side because there's a number of reasons that technology is is you know, progressive and furthering us. So, so let's talk about some of those. What are the good reasons to use technology to make yourself more, more productive and not kind of, you know, step away from those face-to-face relationships? I mean, there are a lot of those that we should discuss. Yeah, I think using technology as a water cooler can be useful. So for instance, I interviewed one leader who is a leader at Workday in San Francisco, and she was tasked with helping redesign a floor of the office. And so she used a Pinterest board to collect the ideas of her employees so that they could help define the employee experience, the experience they would have every day coming and working at the company. And I think that's a great use case for doing it. Um, I think that another thing that you can do is use the technology to get you to a physical place. So chatbots and, and uh, you know artificial intelligence that helps sync people's calendars together and find out when people have available times on both calendars using data, collecting data, and then not having to do that so that you can put more time and focus into the conversation you'll have during the meeting. Uh, That's a good use case, right? Use technology to eliminate the tasks you don't want to do so you have more time to think and, and establish the relationships required to have a functional team and a successful business. Mm-hmm. 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. And, you know, one of the things you wrote about in your book, and I think this is so true, um, your peers become frustrated when someone leaves a voicemail. So now if you leave a voicemail for somebody, that's like borderline offensive. I mean, it's... I, there's only two people in my life who still do it. My dad <laughs> and my grandmother. My grandmother's 99. My dad's 70. Five, So it just doesn't happen anymore unless it's an emergency. So uh, people would much rather get a text than a voicemail. And the other thing that's really scary is people don't want you to call them. They, they want everything to be scheduled. So if you call someone out of the blue, you're you know, invading their, own, their time. Everyone wants to do things on their time very selfishly now. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be uh, not only tricky and stressful, but kind of ridiculous at the same time like my mom I, I call my mom more than more than she calls me she doesn't call me she just texts all the time so I have to always pick up the phone and I'm a millennial and she's a baby boomer so it just shows it can be a, a general generational issue but it's also something that's personal well and I think one of the takeaways of this for me is that I, I think when you're networking or when you're building relationships I mean you have to really understand how people want to be communicated with and I think you have to meet them in the middle and I think that's a conversation we didn't maybe used to have is you know how do you prefer I reach out I mean everybody's got their own way some some people it's social media other people it's it's actually picking up the phone and calling others it's text I mean so so these things are evolving at such a quick pace that I don't think people can keep up with the etiquette. So how would you recommend, especially when we're talking about different generations in the workplace and, you know, maybe different generations between employee and boss, how, how do we make sure that we are meeting people where they are? Well, once you figure out how you best communicate, then it's time to go around to each individual teammate and figure out how they best communicate. And then to think about maybe doing one video conference call a week, if you are, especially if you have remote employees. Uh, and so I think it's what do you do more of and what do you do less of? But I, I, I am against going to extremes. For instance, a company that says everyone has to work remote or everyone has to work in the office. I think people want flexibility in terms of communication, in terms of office space and how they work, how they learn. I, I think so flexibility is important. So at a high level, kind of coming up with a strategy of how communication is going to run, but then at the same time, enabling each individual employee to get a say in that is, is really important because we all have different needs and those needs can change over time, right? If you're 22 and yet you're single, that's very different than if you're, you know, 32 and you have two kids, right? So more or less flexibility, flexible hours, telecommuting. So it's designing a work space and collaboration based on who's part of your team. And so that could shift over time. Mm-hmm. It can shift over time and it can also depend on the company. I mean, there are companies now that are 100% 
virtual, like WordPress and FlexJobs and um, you know, Basecamp, which was used to be called 37signals. Like these companies are virtual. And I think there are people who thrive in those environments, but I think there are people who struggle with those. So, I mean, there's an opportunity for technology to step in and be incredibly helpful in keeping this workforce connected like you were talking about. But it can also be challenging. So, so for people who are working virtually, Dan, um, and want to get ahead in the company and want to to be considered for different positions, but they're not kind of in front of others. What are your recommendations for them to make sure they're staying connected and, and getting back to human when they're not in the office? This is the biggest thing that came out of the book from the research is that everyone talks about the light side of working remote. You get the freedom and flexibility to work when, where, and how you want, and no one talks about the dark side. That is the isolation and loneliness you get from the lack of human contact. And so the biggest finding from the Virgin Pulse study of over 2,000 managers, employees in 10 countries was that if you work remote, you're much less likely to want a long-term career at your company. So working remote makes you have a lower team and organizational commitment. And so what you need to do about it, there's a few really cool things. One of the leaders will fly to each individual site globally at least once a year to get to know the people personally and to uh, attach a face and voice to a name. I think that's extremely powerful. And I love uh, this other, another um, leader I interviewed, what she does is she lets the remote employees actually run the meetings. It's so simple and so obvious, but it can be very effective. Fantastic. Hey, have you seen a difference in yourself and how you prefer communicating these days? And how does this impact the way you work or the way you're connecting with those around you? We want to hear. Call and tell us 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And hey, if you're not following me on Twitter and Instagram, it's easy. At Dr. Don Graham, and we're here with Dan Schaubel, who is the New York Times bestselling author who just published his third book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. So, um, okay, so talking about virtual workers, um, I think that's a, that's an interesting perspective. And I love those tips, Dan, those like, here's one easy thing you can do to to engage these individuals more is make the, the person who's the remote person in charge of the meeting. What other tips do you have for this workforce? Because I I know we do have a, um, I mean, you think about the gig economy and people who are doing portfolio careers and other things that are kind of on their own. How do they get connected? Yeah, I think what's important is that if you work alone, even if you're a solopreneur, you find other people like you and maybe you each have a co-working space, right? So there's a WeWork, let's say, nearby and you're all like, okay, we're all in the same position, we're maybe doing the same type of work, or we're all business owners, uh, we work remote for different companies, but we have things in common, let's, let's actually work at least one t- once a week in this physical space so we have comfort, we have connection, and, and I think that's a healthy way of doing it. And I see a lot of my friends who are doing that who are uh, freelancers, gig economy workers. So I think that you know, if you work for a big corporation, the leader should help orchestrate that, But at the same time, I think as individuals, we have to be accountable for our actions. And we know we have this basic human need to have relationships and connection with other people. So if we're not stepping up, if we're not, you know, behaving in that way, that's a big problem. And we're going to suffer as a result. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. And we are going to go to Brent in Florida. Welcome to the show, Brent. What's on your mind today? Hi, hi. That the dark side of working remotely really resonates with me. I work for a massive audio video company, and we, ironically enough, design video teleconferencing systems so meetings don't have to happen in person. But I work from home, so I started slipping into that mindset of like feeling isolated from my company because my office is in my house. So what I did to kind of fix that was I started working at like Starbucks or coffee shops where there's energy and there's people around me so I can it kind of tricks your mind into feeling like you're a part of a team and you got people around you. So that energy kind of encompasses you and helps you not feel as isolated. And Brent, would you, would you consider yourself um, an extrovert or an introvert? I mean, do you, do you crave being around people or do you really thrive, you know, getting energy from kind of putting head down working? So I would consider myself an introverted extrovert. It depends (laughs) on the day, but I like, some days I like that energy from other people. Some days I like being by myself. 
So it depends. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it depends because I think I think that makes a difference too. Because you know, one of the things I identify as an introvert, but I will say, even connecting with people online um, can sometimes feel intrusive when people text and I'm not expecting it. It can, and I, you know, again, I just think that's a function of of what you're saying, Dan, is that you know you have to understand how people communicate today. And, and you know, Brent, you uh, you've been an awesome supporter of Career Talk. Why don't you tell us your company on air? So I, I actually work for a company called AVISPL. We're a global leading industry in audio-video solutions for the federal government. I work primarily with federal contracts in classified spaces. And I love your work on Instagram. Keep up the great work, Brent. Thank you for being such a great supporter of the show. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And we have with us today Dan Schaubel, whose new book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation, just came out this week. You're going to want to check it out because... What we're all learning today on this show is that we all have a little bit of an addiction problem. Hi, my name is Don Graham, and I'm an addict to my cell phone, I've just learned. So, Hi, Don. <laughs> I'm Michelle. <laughs> um, but not as much as Michelle. And I'm not, I'm not blaming. I'll own it, yes. My name's Michelle, and I'm an addict. <laughs> there you go. Dion? Dion? See, I'm not really an addict, Okay. Doesn't feel good, Dion. Just let he's it go. In, he's in denial. He's he's not even at step one of the 12. Hey, 844-844-942-7866. And now it's time to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz. 40% of all guests who come into your home do this. 40% of all guests who come into your home do this. Think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 132. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brown. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, did you miss our six-week switcher fest, which was a full six weeks of career advice for every kind of career switcher? We covered military to civilian transitions into and out of the entertainment industry, retirement and encore careers, incarceration to employment and all different types of topics. And if you've missed it, you can find it on iTunes and Google Play. Check out Dr. Dawn on careers and check out those episodes on Career Talk. But today we are talking all about technology and Dan Schauble's new book, Back to Human. And Dan, where can people reach you if they'd like more information? You can go to danschaubel.com, D-A-N-S-C-H-A-W-B-E-L.com. Fantastic. And just in case you missed it, the pre-break quiz question that we posed before the break was... 40% of all guests who come into your home do this. If you think you know, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We'll be answering that in just a bit. But for now, Dan, I want to move on to a topic about hiring and technology because this comes up a lot on Career Talk. And um, there has been so much technology integrated into the hiring process. We have text interviewing, one-way videos. We have applicant tracking systems and chatbots and all of these things that are, are being infused into the way we hire, which is is completely anti to, to, you know, if anybody wants to switch careers, which is why I wrote my book, Switchers, so that I could teach people how to get around this technology. And hey, if you're out there and you hire people, maybe you're a recruiter, maybe you're in um, you know, some type of hiring role, we'd love to hear from you on this topic. We'd love to have you weigh in on the pros and cons because what I think is that there are definitely some positives to this, but I think there's a lot of drawbacks as well. 844-WARDEN, 844-942-7866. And first, I want to start with this idea of text interviewing. So, so Dan, I don't know if you're familiar with with this idea of, of, you know, there's a company called, I think it's Canvas, who's using this new text interviewing, and it allows you to essentially interview a lot more people quickly, get all the information in and um, analyzed in the back end. And what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think we should not remove the personal side of interviewing. In one of the survey questions was, you know, do you think a person should be 
interviewing another person before, you know, there's a job offer. And yeah, most people think that you need the human element as part of the recruiting process, yet recruiting is becoming less personal and the time to fill is being stretched out longer. And as you know, it's cost a lot of money to interview, costs a lot of time, productivity, and it's hard. I mean, it's really hard to find the right people. And so if we trust technology and machines and algorithms to find the right people, you know, we could eventually have all the same type of people, no diversity, and people who don't have the right attitude and personality that's required for a healthy, productive, connected workplace. And so that's why I'm all about hiring for personality, training for skill, you know, to find someone who's really passionate about being there, who has similar values as the people they, they're going to be working with, someone who's naturally curious, who's professional at the same time. And, you know, you, you learn almost everything on the job. You know, everyone's like, oh, you know, you can offer all these online courses for free or low cost. But at the end of the day, you learn by doing. And experiential learning is what we call it in the HR world. And so I think that it's it's really important to hire people who have gen, genuine passion. For me, when I got my first job out of school, like I would do anything to get that job. Like I met the manager in the cafeteria. I met 15 people for three different positions over eight months. Like I was 100% on board. And I, that's why I got the job over a director of Polaroid. And uh, to me, that makes a lot of sense. Why did I get into the college? Because I didn't get in early admissions. I got in regular decision because I wrote a letter to uh, the admissions officers. I interviewed on campus. I got straight A's my last semester. So I proved to them that I really wanted to go there so I get the most out of my education there. And thus, of course, um, you know, as someone who's achieved success as an alumni, I have a lot more to give back and to help other students. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. Hey, if you've ever interviewed somebody via text or maybe you've been interviewed via text, I'd love to hear from you and hear how that went. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Dan Schaubel, the author of the new book, Back to Human, and we're talking about the ways technology can or cannot enhance your success in the workplace and in the hiring process. And Dan, I know I read in your book, you talk about hiring for personality. And I, you know, as somebody who is a fan and promoter of switchers everywhere, I totally agree with that. I think the challenge we're having is how do you get that feeder pool when you use an applicant tracking system or a text system or a one-way video system to kind of get that initial base? Because in order to do that, you need to have some some kind of algorithm or something that matches. And what we know from the recent um, debacle at Amazon is that, you know, it was it was biasing based on the algorithm that it created and it was being biased against women. And I think this is the point when we humans program a system, that bias is going to be translated. So so how do we how do we get that feeder pool so that we can hire on personality and teach people when we're getting that pool right now by matching on skill. Yeah, I think you have to know what your corporate values are and instill that into the recruiting process. And then I think technology is good for shrinking the talent pool, especially if you're an Amazon or a very big company when you get thousands of applications. But you absolutely should have the human element. I think that the person should meet everyone on your team before you hire them just to see if they get along, if the personalities jive, you know, and look to really core skills and, and elements like them having a positive attitude, you know, because if they have a, if they bring a negative attitude into the workplace, it's going to affect everyone in a bad way. Right. But if they are very positive, everyone gets lifted up together. Everyone becomes more excited and not just be around them, but it creates a healthier, more exciting work environment for everyone. So I think it's a mix of technology and humanity. Uh, and I think that if we, depend on technology over humanity, we're going to run into a big risk, a risk of not having diversity and a risk of people not being a good fit and that costing companies more over the long term. Yeah, I agree. And I think we just haven't found a better way to do it yet. And that is that is a challenge I am laying down for those people listening, especially those people who work in recruiting human resources, 
Um, you know, and even above that, because here's what I'll say is that is that this has to start at the top. We have to change how we hire differently because what we're doing is we're, we're, we're creating the system where it narrows it down to a very narrow pool. And yeah, I know it costs time and money and resources to do this, but companies are, are constantly saying people are our greatest asset. And there's some that say people are your only asset. I mean, let's be fair. This is where the money should be going because people make the company. 844-942-7866. Hey, if you're in a hiring role and you have something that you want to share on this topic or maybe you want to push back, we love disagreements on Career Talk as long as it's PG-13, 844-942-7866. So I, I did some research on text interviewing because, again, as a Gen Xer, this is kind of blowing my mind. And there's a lot of etiquette on how to do text interviewing. And I will say, as far as text interviewing goes, some of the pros of this are that it definitely connects with a certain generation, as we've already talked about. There's some people, myself included, who doesn't want a voicemail. It helps people get scheduled, so I think it's great for getting people on the schedule. So there are there are definitely some benefits, but I think when it starts to go beyond that, Dan, I think that's what we're we're talking about, is that, that there's a point in time where it has to stop and be human. So the interesting things are, are about the etiquette is – that you know emojis are cute but don't use them cuz they're they don't portray professionalism okay that makes sense you know, be be wary of scams. That makes sense. Make sure you reply in business hours, which I don't always find that they reach out in business hours. But this is the one thing that kind of blew my mind is that that even if you do your interview by text, your thank you note should not be by text because they may consider that rude, which that blows my mind. How can you say it's okay for us to interview by text, but if you send me a thank you by text, that's rude. I mean, Disconnect. The whole thing does sound a little bit ridiculous. The, like, just saying it out loud, doesn't it sound crazy? Yeah, that's why I'm talking about it on the show, because I would love for somebody to call and tell me, what am I missing here? What am I missing? Because I'm totally open. This show is... I always think I always think about, like, old school as a new new school. So if you do the old school, you know, methods of, like, writing a letter and mailing it to the hiring manager, that's going to stand out more than just being another person who sends an email or a text. Oh, that makes me so happy, Dan, because I'm like always behind the trends by like by like five years. So basically what you're saying is I'm going to be standing out and I don't even know it. <laughs> and there was research that shows that emoji use in emails makes you seem less competent. Yeah, and 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 there, I think that research further talked about that more women than men use them, and it's it's different for women and men. And you know, interestingly, again, I love doing research for this show. And you, you, here's the thing about emojis; they're evolving too. Domino's now lets you order pizza by emoji. Um, Goldman Sachs tweeted completely an emoji to highlight a research report on millennials. Like, like it's this we're in this kind of conflict where it's not professional, but it is professional. And next year, it's going to be professional. It's really difficult to keep up, which is why I'm so excited we're talking about this today, Dan. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. And hey, if you've not gotten my book yet, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Jobs and see Success, you're going to want to get that because it helps you get around all of this mumbo-jumbo with text interviews and, and ATS systems so that you can get in front of the hiring manager and get hired not just for skill but for personality and for all the other great qualities that you bring to the table. If you'd like to ask Dan a question, you can give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. But I think we should answer our pre-break quiz. So... 40% of all guests who come into your home do this. Now, Dion, I have to say, I, I, I believe you're going to get this one. You do? I do. I don't why? know why. I just felt really good <laughs> about the fact that you're going to get the answer to this one. Well, my first thought will probably change that then. Because this isn't my answer. But my first thought when you asked the question mm -hmm. was like, check your, uh, check your medicine cabinet. And what was your second answer? 40% of people well, that's why, people's... Well, well, that's why I said that's not my answer, because 40% is a high number. Like, I've seen... That, that was like an episode of Seinfeld or something. Donna so, has a total poker <laughs> face right now. Like, is that the answer? You said that wasn't your answer. Look at okay. that face. Okay. I know. <laughs> I I'm, I'm just, I just like... I like understanding Dion's rationale, because, like, I like that he's... There is one. Somehow Seinfeld is involved, which I love Seinfeld. <laughs> you should know this. So my answer is... Take their shoes off. Ooh, actually, that that is a really good answer, but uh, it's wrong. But that's not the answer. Oh. Michelle, do you have an answer? 
I'm going to say ask to use the restroom, not to look in your medicine cabinet. So you, when you say ask to use the restroom, you mean as opposed to just using it? All right. Well, let's say, let's say yeah, they're going to use the restroom. Final answer. Okay. No. Dan, do you have an answer? <laughs> plug in. I, I was seeing plug that you were going to say plug in your cell phone because <laughs> because that that actually that, be related that's, to that's the show. Answer. That would that's not the answer. But I thought if if <laughs> I was trying not. to relate it, it to the show, that would be my answer. Um, Dan, do you want to weigh in here? Or are you just? <laughs> I don't even know what. To- yeah, no, no worries. No one does. Um, um, <laughs> and we do this every week, and it's it's kind of a I don't know our our, our fun digression. But I, um, Dion, I'm going to have to say this is a, this is what we call a teachable moment. Trust oh your boy. gut, man. Trust your gut. You are absolutely right. Really? Yes. Check the medicine cabinet. Wow. That's why. That's why it was an episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, and I. That's why I do like Seinfeld. They do. Forty percent of all people who come to your home for a party or whatever snoop in your medicine cabinet. And I will tell you because I am a big Seinfeld fan, and I have I've seen you know those things. I literally before I have a party, I will organize <laughs> my bathroom for the sheer fact that I know people are going to do this. It's not that I'm hiding anything. I just want it to look neat and. It's so you know, weird to do, though. Like, I could never just walk into somebody's house and say, hey, what's in here? Like, you've I, never I done that. No. I have not I done never. That. I, no. No. Not, like, what if you, like, you needed a Band-Aid or something? Like, you <laughs> Why do I need a Band-Aid? I don't know. I'm just asking. <laughs> just bleeding all over people's houses? <laughs> I'd rather you look and find your Band-Aid than do that, really. Never. Why am I cutting myself I in somebody's house? How, what, what's the situation? <laughs> Maybe you're helping them prepare the food. So then I ask them for a Band-Aid. I don't just go get one. All right. I'm just... 40%. That's a lot. That's a lot of people. That's disturbing. Uh, I'm not having anybody over anymore. Yep. Well, you should know. You should know. Hey, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. And maybe you want to put a lock on your... your, Maybe you just won't let them use the bathroom. Who knows? Anyway... Oh, Dion, Michelle, you make this shit so fun. The toilet doesn't work. The toilet. You're going to clean them out from now on, I guarantee it. That's definitely true. Yep. Hey, so we are talking to Dan Schauble, author of Back to Human, and we are talking about all the different ways that technology has has wormed its way into the hiring process, many which are good, many, many um, which are good because you can use social media and all these uh, LinkedIn and and all of this to, to meet people. Super connect, introduce others to other people, find out about jobs, find out about companies, do research. I mean, there's so many great things about this. But the question is, when do we go too far? When do we go too far and these machines, bots, whatever they are, take over to a point where they're overstepping? So, Dan, have you um, or any clients or people you work with used a one-way video interview where basically you have a machine feeding you questions and you're recorded and that goes back to the company to uh, be assessed as to whether or not you should get to the next step no but i think it's just another use case of us using way too much technology and not having at least some sort of balance uh and, and like really just having a purpose behind everything so i think that i think technology should be used for screening but not as much for interviewing I think you really have to get a good sense of people and, you know, 80% of communication is nonverbal. So, you know, just seeing facial expressions and body language and, and tone and, and uh, speech, I think could really be a huge impact because that's what you're going to hear regularly if you hire them. So the more impersonal you make recruiting, the worse candidates you should be getting. Yeah. I mean, some people just won't want to go through the hoops. I mean, the fact is some people are just going to say, hey, I'm not going to do that. And and this kind of brings me to my nest. That's good. I yeah. That's a good thing. I th- that means, hey, you're not part of our pool anymore. We're going to find someone who will put the effort in, right? So I think the more effort a candidate puts in to trying to get a job at your company, the better they are. 
844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We have Michelle and Dion, Dream Team in studio, and Dan Schaubel, New York Times bestselling author of the new book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. So let's move on to networking, because networking is something we talk about a lot on this show, and certainly technology has has helped immensely in this area and getting people connected globally in a way that just couldn't be done. So, so what have your recommendations, Dan, for how to use technology to network? And then what are some of your recommendations on ways and things you should avoid? Yeah, I think the best thing to do for, for networking is to be specific with who you want to network with. And if you're about to go to a networking event, use the technology to find the three to five people that you want to spend the most time with. Don't be one of those people to go to an event and just pass out your business card. I think that can be very ineffective and you know, kind of a waste. And it's all about deeper relationships rather than uh, quantity, focus on quality. And so do your research on those three to five people, reach out to them before the event using technology, using email, let's say, or LinkedIn. And then when you're at the event, find them and have real conversations with them and not using that technology. That to me is a really effective, smart way to use technology and to have the human touch, which will result in a, a stronger network. Um, and then I just think overall, let the technology get you to a physical space, but in that physical space, don't use that technology. So, it takes the whole point out of using it in the first place. Yeah, so the, the person in the room full of people on their cell phone. So, so Eric Qualman said, we don't have a choice on whether we do social media. The question is how well we do it. So, I mean, are you of the mindset, Dan, that, that this is an optional? Like, you, you need to be on LinkedIn. You need to be on other social media platforms today to be successful. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm clearly biased because my first book was called Me 2.0, the first book on how to use social media to build your personal brand and career. And... So, yes, I built a, a good part of my career using the technology to connect and, and build platforms and media outlets and magazines and consulting and coaching and all of that. Um, but my real, the real relationship I built was once I had the network and then I started to meet all of them offline. I think that was really, really powerful and, and important for me. So I think that, yes you should have these profiles because people are searching for you or people like you. And anytime you don't come up on LinkedIn, someone else gets that opportunity. Uh, So I think that's important. But at the same time, once you get that interview, once you get that job, once you start that business, you gotta, you gotta be social. You can't, you're not gonna be able to build a consulting, you know, uh, organization. If you're not seeing clients, you're not going to be able to be successful at the job and raise up the ranks. If you're not seen and heard at work, because it's all about favoritism, not just how smart you are, right? So if you're not seen and heard, the person who's in the physical office space has the advantage over you. So I think that the the general theme of today's show, Dan, and I think what you're saying in your in your book as well, correct me if I'm wrong, is that technology is useful to a point, but then you've got to kind of stop and let your your human interaction take over, and that's kind of where we're we're screwing things up. We're we're letting technology go too far, and we're letting it be too central to to everything we're doing. Yeah, so it's our default. It makes us more isolated. We're addicted to it. We like the convenience of it. We like the instant gratification. I'd say use technology as a bridge to human interaction, not a barrier. You know, let it get you to a physical location. Use it in the right circumstances. If you're in an argument with a coworker and it's more emotional, then have a one-on-one in-person conversation with them instead of text. Uh, the thing that gets in the way most of human interaction at work is email. That's what we found in the study. But a study in the Harvard Business Review found that one face-to-face interaction is more successful than 34 emails exchanged back and forth. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely believe that. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And here's the other thing, Dan, that... Um, you know, I think the lines have blurred with social media. So so people that you wouldn't think to connect with or, you know, quote unquote friend, you know, now are, are friends. So we forget that that maybe we're friending our boss on Facebook or, or on other social media platforms. And I think when we post, we don't always think about the audience. So there's there's kind of this danger there. What do you advise people do in, in situations where maybe the lines are a little bit blurred? Should they connect on Facebook? Should they not? Should they keep it to LinkedIn? You know, it's up to the person and their decision and comfort level. I think at the end of the day, where this is all going is people just want to be themselves. 
right, at work, at home. They don't want to be John or or Mary the worker and John and Mary the housewife or, or husband. They just want to be who they are. And you're going to see that unveiled over the, the coming decade, right? And so I think technology is sort of enabling that because of it's blurring work and personal. But yeah, people just want to be themselves. And so I, I don't think you should get 100 different profiles. I think you should figure out what you're willing to share and just share wholeheartedly or don't share at all, right? It's a personal decision. I have friends who aren't on social media. We're still friends. I have friends that if I unfollow them on you know, Instagram, they panic. And then I have to call them and be like, hey, but like, we just had dinner last night. Like, who cares? You know? So it's interesting. People, people take certain things personally when they should take a step back and be like, what actually matters? And what actually matters is time spent together. Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, um, you know, and and even take it further. Like with social media, and you talk about this in your book, how it, it actually can distance you in certain ways from people because you start to see see something that maybe isn't 100 percent real. I mean, th- I think there's stats in that. I can't remember if it's in your book or not about how you know what what on, online is actually real and what is not. And you start to, I mean, you think you know somebody, but you really know their online persona, and that can be very different. Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six. You're listening to. Career Talk Sirius XM channel 132. And if you like listening to the podcast of Career Talk, you might like the audiobook of Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Jobs and Seize Success, which you can find on Audible. Hey, um, so as we're, we're kind of wrapping up here, Dan, um, what are the implications for the future? So we're seeing, you know, with technology, self-driving cars, robo bellhops at hotels, kiosks, bots, and these these things about how, how we have all of these these, these technology advances coming that might seem a little weird today, but may become mainstream in the next few years. I mean, what, what do we need to think about going forward? My hope is that technology is the driver to make us more human and more connected and flattens out life, right? It flattens out corporate hierarchy, but makes everyone kind of on the same page and and helps us embrace diversity at a high level. I think the one thing that feels obvious to me based on research is that humans and robots will be working side by side. Robots will steal some of the tasks that we used to do that we don't want to do anymore. And we'll have to learn how to work with the robots to become efficient and to free up time so we can be more human and less machine. And I love this. It's If you work like a robot, you'll be replaced you'll be replaced by a robot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and, and um, you know, that's a great quote. There's a, there's an article recently in the, the Financial Times that's talking about what companies are looking for these, you, you know, maybe what you categorize as personality skills, but but soft skills, whatever you want to talk about, these ability, the ability to influence, the ability to connect, to collaborate, to understand, um, you know, how diverse individuals work. I mean, these things that robots cannot do today and, you know, probably not in the near future. And and these are the skills that people need to develop as they're going forward. So so if you have one final tip for for all of our listeners, Dan, as, as we wrap up around this topic, what would it be? I think we need to be more human, less machine, and think about what makes us human, you know, our ability to connect on a human level and really embrace other people and the people that matter most at home and the people we're working with every day. We spend our third of our lives working. So, you know, pay special attention and put effort into your relationships because when you're 90, you're not thinking about how you could have made an extra 10,000 in your lifetime. You're thinking about the people who you miss and the people that you most care about. Mm-hmm. Well said. Hey, we've been talking to Dan Schaubel, New York Times bestselling author, and his third book, Back to Human, How Great Leaders Create Connection in the Age of Isolation. And Dan, where can people find you and your book? One last time. Yep, com, S-C-H-A-W-B-E-L.com. And on Amazon or Barnes & Noble, any, anywhere books are sold, you can get Back to Human and listen to the new podcast, Five Questions with Dan Schaubel. Fantastic. Thank you so much today for your time, Dan. Everybody should go out and get that book, Back to Human. Michelle and Dion, you make this show so fun, as always. And, of course, to all of our callers and listeners, we come every week to do career talk for you. So I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We've enjoyed being with you here today, and I hope everyone has a great week. We will see you next time. 